Good afternoon, America. Good morning, Australia. And welcome to everyone listening across the world. This is Radio Tony, a conversation with Kez and my gorgeous co-host, Kez Wickham's St. George will join us shortly. Just a quick reminder, if you're listening live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube or Twitch, we have the lovely Renee ready and waiting to respond to your questions, comments and to send you live links of anything that we talk about, in particular, um, any of Amanda's books. Now, for those of you that uh, want to catch up on shows that you've missed, don't forget to jump on to Binge TV Networks USA, Hero Go TV Networks USA, and the Tony TV channel app available on all Roku, LG, and Samsung smart TVs across the world. Now, today's guest is Amanda Schubert. But I want to quickly tell you that Kez Wickham St. George is finalizing her next book and it will be released in about a month's time. I hope I've got that timing right. Um, and we'll be talking to Kez about that in future shows. Today, though, we want to talk to Amanda, who is a co-author in the book Colors of Me. Now, Amanda was born and raised in the Riverland region of South Australia. She is a mother, author, children's book illustrator, and a school librarian. In 2019, she travelled to Ireland for a writer's retreat at Crom Castle. And we've heard little bits and pieces about this glorious retreat at Crom Castle um, from Kez and many of our other authors. And um, I do hope that uh, Serenity Press does another one of these soon because I want to go. Anyway, <laughs> this moment in Crom Castle led to Amanda's dream of publishing her first novel, The Bards of Birch Tree Hall and she hasn't looked back since. Since then, she's had her novel included in the 2021 Hollywood Swag Bag honouring nominees Oscars Weekend, landing in the hands of the award winners, including Sir Anthony Hopkins and Frances McDormand. Her book will be gifted to the 2021 Logie nominees in Australia. She's also begun editing her second novel in the Stormbringer Chronicles, and it will be released later this year. Her work is also featured in two anthologies. The first one, Sweet Delights by Gumnut Press, a romance short story, and The Colours of Me uh, by Making Magic Happen Prints, and it's an inspiring true story. Now... When she's not writing, Amanda enjoys spending her time reading, drawing, creating memories with her husband and two children. Amanda is passionate about helping people uncover their true potential and is hoping to inspire others to believe in themselves and strive to achieve their dreams. Good morning, Kez. Good morning, Amanda. Morning. Good morning. <laughs> Lovely ladies, I'm going to hand over to my gorgeous co-host, Kez Wickham St. George, to start off the interview today. The floor is all yours, Kez. That's a big ask because I know what Amanda does. I know her books are. Right? <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> my goodness. Amanda, it's wonderful to see you again. Yeah, it's wonderful to see you, my dear Kez. Yeah, it's been a long time. And I never forget the laughter that we had in the castle. It was just magic. It was just Oh, magic. absolutely. Yeah, yeah no, it never really forget. was. <laughs> our little cups of tea and our little walks along the corridor and getting asked to leave rooms and going into other rooms. Oh, yes. 
as in just as in laughing till we cried and <laughs> yeah yeah it was yeah so i'd like to ask you the first question is what was the inspiration behind your story how i learned to love my shadow in the newly launched book colors of me what's the uh, yeah, so, thing behind it yeah so the the feeling behind that is um obviously with, with the theme of colors of me and sort of delving into sort of how like the women are made like are incredible and being counted amongst them is, is amazing and so for me it was very much a personal reflection on what i suppose what what it's taken for me to get to the point that i am and when i was uh certainly younger um i've, I've really struggled a lot with self-esteem and actually that belief in self and and that confidence to know that i'm enough just being me um, and that is still, you know, still in my 30s. It's, it's an ongoing issue, and I think it is for everybody at times. We still wonder why um, or what our purpose is and, and that self-belief to know why we're here. And so the the inspiration for me and learning to love my shadow is how over the years I've come to accept that I'm probably never going to really fully see myself in the light that I am, but it's about embracing the wholeness of me and that, yes, there is some darkness in my past and there is some shadows there but that's just exactly part of of my story and what makes my story so unique and unique to me and and you know, behind the colors of me that those shadows are a part of me they are part of my colors and are uh, learning to actually take that and roll with it and use that to fuel uh where i'm going in the future mm. yeah it's, it's amazing when you look back and you think um I never see myself as other people see me. I never see that. Exactly. And I guess exactly. one day that will come to you as well. You will never see yourself as brilliant as what yes, we all absolutely. see you. Yeah. Oh, as a, definitely. Yeah. And because when I first met you, you were um, you were an artist, and yes. you had all your beautiful artwork at the castle with you. How on earth did you bring that along in all the suitcases, all your artwork? <laughs> Um, I probably I probably sacrificed a few pairs of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I took I think I took in the end one pair of nice shoes and one pair of ten dollar ten dollar sneakers for my walkabouts the forest and that was oh uh, no nice. I'm gonna I need my artwork more than I need shoes so <laughs> right oh well decision made <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda, The Colours of Me is the anthology that we're talking about at the moment um, and Kaz and, Kaz, mainly because Kez is part of the um, team that collaborated and got Colours of Me together. What did it mean for you to be involved and what was that process like for you? Um, well, to be asked, as I said, I, I adore Kez and, and Michelle, and I count them amongst some of my, my dearest and, and greatest friends. So when, when they reached out to be part of this anthology, I I immediately wanted to say yes. I thought, you know, what they're working on and, and their combination of energy and, and their love and spirit, I thought this is going to be something amazing. Um, but I did initially wonder what story could I tell um, that – would be like as as the the likes of the other authors that are in there. I thought I, my story is nothing compared to theirs, and I suppose that was the moment I realised that's the story that I need to tell. Oh, yes. <laughs> when I started looking yes. at myself and going, what do I have to offer? What what's so special about me is the core of, of why they invited me. Um, 
<laughs> and so once I had that aha moment of it's this doubt in myself and this feeling of I don't belong mm. with these people that I need to write about because I know countless others out there probably yes. wonder as well why me you know that whole there's nothing special about me I, I compared to other people I've got nothing and so for me to delve into that and, and just explore those feelings um in my my chapter is yeah that belief that I've had that I wasn't good enough and that I'll, I'll never be good enough and that's what yes. I wanted to express in my own story so the colors of me for me represented exploring that feeling of why don't I feel good enough where where has that come from where yes. does that feeling exist within me and that's as I, I refer to as my shadow side that that voice in my head that tells me you can't write for this because you aren't good enough you don't have a story to tell or your story is not as important yeah. as somebody else's and so that that was probably the the driving factor behind it and what it meant to me there mm. yeah Amanda you'll find it fascinating to know that um i just been on an international call talking to um, a famous author called um, Ranya Easter, um, who wrote um, the book The Chalice and the Blade. And oh. so she was actually saying, yeah, so she was actually talking about that very concept that you've just brought up, that mm. part of why we're not moving forward in humanity is that we've, su we've subscribed to this idea that we are fundamentally bad when we are not fundamentally bad and the idea that because we believe that we're fundamentally bad we should succumb to control from people higher up than us and it's so not true we are uniquely beautifully amazingly wonderful human beings um so i just i thought it was interesting that there's so many people starting to have this conversation you are oh, not absolutely. bad you are mm. never bad and, that, that and it's wonderful that yeah yes yeah. it's wonderful that you brought that up this other, morning yeah. amanda no, yeah yeah because it doesn't help us at all no <laughs> no it doesn't you've got to have some sort of faith in yourself so let me just um assure you that when we invited authors yep. to come into mm -hmm. the book with us, <clears throat> we just didn't put a, a pin up against a few names. We mm. selected <laughs> we we selected who we thought had a beautiful story, mm. um, and yours just fitted them beautifully. There was no doubt about that. Um, I was when I when I learnt you were coming on the show this morning. Yeah. I reread your story. And I just thought, you're an amazing young woman. You've got so much to offer the world. You really have. I mean, you know, everybody has, no matter what age, we've all got something to offer, no matter oh, what we age. Do. Absolutely. So when you were invited and you said, who, me? Who, mm. me? And I can hear <laughs> your voice. And I can hear the people behind it. <laughs> you know, you must have thought, you know, as you said, you, you thought about what you could offer, but you offered something that was just so lovely. You know, the, the book was came up to number four. Uh, we didn't get to number one, but number four is a way to go. And all the, if you can imagine, the millions and thousands of books that get put on Amazon every day. Mm, so number absolutely. four is quite, is quite substantial. Oh, it's incredible, yeah. Yeah. And you're in it. You're in the book. Yeah. Yes. Yay! <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
No, I um, I said I, I know that we had uh, some similar conversations, Kez, you and I, over at Cromcastle that probably instilled that. Because even back then, you know, I had that feeling of, you know, what am I doing here? Because uh, I said being being on that trip with again other published authors and sort of just really starting that, that probably set the seeds of delving into. Well, why do I feel this way, and why am I sort of afraid to succeed in a way? Like, what what is it that's holding me back? And so. I said, yeah, certainly thank you for that. And then obviously the invitation to, to be part of the, the anthology was just, said, yeah, it's, it's really changed changed my mindset very much so. Yeah. And it's not it's not just one or two people. It would be everybody in Croft oh, yes. that, um, that, that you met. Mm. They were all inspiring, all of them. Oh, absolutely. I said, I, I, I still count um, I said, the, the Crom crew amongst my dearest, my dearest friends. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, the Crom Crew. I love that. That's gorgeous. (laughs) Tony, what's your next Amanda, you're you're a writer of fiction and your last book, The Bards of Birch Tree Hill, what a beautiful name for a book, The Bards of Birch Tree Hall, was very popular. And I know that there's another book coming out soon. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Absolutely. So, um, yeah, the Bards of Birch Tree Hall was my uh, my little project that I've been working on for for many many years, and uh, to finally have it out in the world was was fantastic. And we were talking about the Amazon list; it actually made it to number two, uh, just behind Yay! the Harry Potter box set. So, <laughs> we jumped over oh! the illustrated philosopher's stone. So that was I. I think I actually have that image framed somewhere in the in the house. <laughs> yeah. And so yes, it was sort of a. I, I sort of, when I finished writing it, I thought at the very least, you know, you'd go out to friends and family and, and they'd enjoy it. So to know that it's reached the levels that it has um, is is incredible. As it, it, it um, recently also just won an award with Literary Titan, a Gold Star Award. So with the second oh, book wow. coming out, yeah. It's, um, so, yeah, so it's kind of skyrocketed. And, and as I said, less than 12 months later, it's still, still going really strong. So we're on the verge of releasing the sequel to that one, um, which is called yes. The Vengeance of the Morrigan. So that's um, <gasps> going to be, yeah. So <laughs> um, we're opening that one for pre-orders on the 7th of October uh, for release in yes. November later this year. Um, and just, just I see people down the street and they're still asking, when's the second book coming out? And I'm like, hey, it's not far <laughs> now. I promise it's on its way. And uh, just to see how yeah, excited yeah. everybody is, I suppose, for it. Like they're just as excited as me um, for it to come out, which is, yes. it, um, means the world to me, absolutely. Amanda, how did you come up with the name Bards of Birch Tree Hall? Uh, so the concept of bards in Obviously my story... it relates to the story. Yeah, yes. obviously yep. it relates to the bards in the story, but... Yeah, so originally the working title for a very, very long time was called The Stormbringer. Um, and that was sort ah. of... Because that's the name of the lead character. And yes. I said for the longest time I was set on that being the title, but by the time I'd sort of... Reach, reach sort of the end of the draft and, and we were into the process, I realised it's actually, I wanted that to be the name of the series. So the Stormbringer Chronicles, yes. that's where that, that emerged from. Yes. So I, thought, I need yes. a new title okay. for, for the first book in this story. And mm. I realised that the first book is very much an introduction to the world of the Bards and the magical Birch Tree yes. Hall and so on. So I kind of just yeah. came to the conclusion of the Bards of Birch Tree Hall. It sort of summed up the story a lot better than just the Stormbringer. Um, so yeah, so yes, it was sort of yeah. a roundabout way of coming, and much the same with the second book. You know, um, 
we, uh, the title that I started out with was not the title we'd ended up with. So <laughs> <laughs> Strange that. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, <laughs> I know when I'm speaking to, um, I do a lot of author talks at schools and, and when I'm talking to yes. children, I said sometimes we get so set on the title of something we forget about the story. So I always I keep the yeah. mindset of, you know, that oftentimes the title comes last when we're writing because yeah. you don't know yes. what the story is going to be till you finish it. So, yes, yeah, because yeah. it evolves. Yeah. It evolves it as does. you go along. Absolutely, and that's as I said, very much the story of the Bards of Birchtree Hall. By the time I'd finished writing it, I realised the Stormbringer yes. didn't encompass that story anymore. I needed a more uh, something bigger. Broad, broad, yes, a bigger, broader title for it. So, absolutely, yeah, fantastic. Your journey, your journey <laughs> from that from the beginning. So when when we met in Crom, you had mm. you were playing with the idea of a book. And yes, you had, had a, a few half written of... first draft. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so when you got when you got back, when you got back to home, and we yeah. all knew that you, you were going to do this, there was like this thing in the air, let's watch Amanda go. Yeah. We were, all, we were all published authors by then. But yes. it, it was yeah. like we get so much pleasure out of watching someone that's new to the field grow and mm. you have just gone way up there in your growth. <laughs> yeah. But it you know the, the feeling that is that when you got home and you thought, I can do this, and the mm, words started absolutely. pouring out, what was that like? Yeah, no, so I said that, the, so talking about packing my suitcase again, I made some space for my half-written first draft of my, my book, um, just because I thought I, I had this opportunity, as you said, Kez, to be amongst other published authors. I went with the intention of getting advice on what to do with my story. That was sort of my, that was my goal by the end of it. It's like, what? What do I do to get this published? Um, and so I said, exploring and the knowledge and, and the feedback from from everybody that was over there, and the reaction that I got and said and the support that I got from everybody there was probably more than I'd anticipated. I thought I just came here to learn, and everyone's going, "You're going to do this," and I went, "Okay," and <laughs> sort of got caught up in that, <laughs> that vibe of, "Yes, I am going to do this." And so when I got home, all that because I'd been umming and ahhing so much as as we do about. Oh, will the story be good enough? Is it, you know, is it too much, too similar to this story or too similar to that story? Is it unique? And da, da, da. all the what ifs that we ask ourselves when when we're writing, um, that got removed, I suppose, in a way. That block that I'd had, um, as a, through through the discussions and the conversations that I had with with everybody else, is stories will your story is unique because you're writing it. And so once I had that mindset mm. of going, actually, my story is unique because it's it's mine. Yes, yeah. there'll be elements that are similar to other stories, but it's my words. So once I sort of had that hurdle out the way, um, I found that the words, I got the rest of that. So that half-written first draft had taken me about 18 months to write. I got the whole thing finished in about three months. Wow. <laughs> so, um, and then, Yay. yeah, once, once I had that and um, approached, oh, I had been put in touch with um, Jennifer at Daisy Lane Publishing uh, through one of the friends from, mm. from Comcastle and, uh yeah, to have sort of her respond that a yes, gorgeous human being. Oh yeah, Jennifer. I said yeah. she's. I couldn't have fallen in into the hands of um, anyone better. I said it was certainly one of those kismet moments that was meant to be. Um, and as mm. she's she's been fantastic, and and the work I know that she's putting in to the, uh, the second book. I'm just <laughs> sitting back going, you just you're incredible. <laughs> what she's doing for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so yeah, so and then once once I sort of had, I think. So we returned from Comcastle uh, mid-October and I had my contract by April. So it was a very 
<laughs> very quick wow. turnaround to go from as I said that that half written piece of of work that I took with me to a full fledged novel in editing by April uh, of 2020. So, well <laughs> and sort of do you edit your quite, own work? Um, I, so in the first one, I actually did work with uh, with an editor in the UK, um, which was really fantastic because one of the things that I sort of didn't consider. And it was a very small thing, but really just highlighted to me the, the role of an editor is I'd use the word reckon in my story. So, you know, uh, one of my characters reckoned this and the UK editor pointed out they don't say that in the UK. That's a very yes. Australian thing to say. And majority of the characters in my story, my main character um, is Australian, but the rest are all Irish. So she's like, they wouldn't say that. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it was just that moment of, oh. Yes, like just those little things that I said. So that mm -hmm. sort of made me, uh, I'd always been interested in proofreading and, and editing. I, I get um, a strange pleasure out of fixing mistakes in work. <laughs> I love looking for spelling mistakes and grammar errors and <laughs> um, things like that. So that sort of set me on the path of looking into that as, a, as another option. Um, I have had the pleasure of uh, working as an editor now on a couple of pieces and a proofreader for um, a fantastic story by Michelle Wiedering, the co uh, co collaborator yes. of um, that there. So certainly that's something I, I enjoy. And so with the second book, I did find myself doing a lot of my own editing and proofing. Um, but I still had another editor look at it because as we know, looking at your own work, oh, yes. we don't mm. always, yeah. you know, you can't see the forest for the trees, you know. Mm -hmm. So yeah. um, I did do yeah. as a lot of editing, <laughs> a lot of editing on my own book, but I, I did have another editor work with me on the second one for sure. Mm. And as I'm very grateful to him, he was He's the type of editor that will just firmly but gently tell you this needs to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm glad you've got a polite editor because I haven't got a polite editor. She rings me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so my, my editor friend that I work with, yes, no, my, my editor friend, um, what he does is he'll read it through and he'll send me, he'll say, like, he'll message me and say, I'm emailing you the edited copy now. He'll email it to me. And then he says, I'm going to ring you in 20 minutes. Get some biscuits and a cup of tea and sit down. Because <laughs> he's like, we're going to go through this step by step and I don't want you to cry, okay? So get your biscuits, get your tea and let's go through this. And we'll, then we go through it together on the phone. So when he goes, where I've written this comment here about this is cringe, I didn't mean it that harshly. <laughs> and so I just sit there and say, thank you, okay? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I have a, a wonderful wonderful friendship with, with my editor. We've known each other for, for going on 20 years now. So <laughs> he knows me well enough to, to sort of the, the iron fist in a velvet glove is probably how I'll describe his editing process. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I must, um, I must ask my editor have an iron fist in a velvet glove because yes, no, no, that doesn't happen. She's very, she's Australian <laughs> and she's really straight out there. And she says, this is, Nonsense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ring word. <laughs> yes, as it, I've had quite a few of those comments. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> goodness. So we've already discussed about how we met, but, you know, how, how I met you, Amanda, was not actually at Crom, was it? It was no, at the airport. No, the airport. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And this, this voice came down the escalator with your name, Kez, and I looked up and I just saw your face because I was thinking to myself, see, this is where you mostly didn't see it, but I was thinking, what the hell am I doing here? Why am I here? <laughs> Why am I here? I'm here to meet a whole yeah. lot of other authors 
and go to a retreat and say, I've been to Cook Castle. I looked at yep. your face and I just knew, I thought, you're thinking the same thing. Why are we here? <laughs> yes, because I'd, I'd gotten to the airport and sort of at that point I hadn't met sort of anybody else. I'd, I'd arrived the day before and I'd stayed overnight at um, a lovely little B&B called Donnybrook Hall and got the taxi back to the airport to, to meet everybody. And I know we had a, a chat going with messages of when everyone was getting in and I saw yours pop up, Kez, and I thought, oh, she's going to be the first one here. And I'm just standing at the airport going, there is literally nobody else here. Um, I'm like, but there's someone coming. I know there's someone coming. She's getting off the plane in about five minutes and I'm going to be there <laughs> so that I'm not standing around the airport being a weirdo, <laughs> just hanging out at the airport by myself. <laughs> so, yeah, so I sort of found the gate where you were meant to be and um, said, yeah, so I'll, I'll just wait here and, I'd seen, seen, because I hadn't obviously met you prior, so all I had to go on was a little Facebook profile picture. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw this this lovely woman just float out of the doors, mm. and I'm like, Kez? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> and then you smiled. I thought, I've got the right person. I'm not <laughs> alone anymore. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, well, I was thinking the same thing as I came <laughs> up the escalator. I was thinking... Oh no! Why am I here? I hope I'm here. I don't even know what that's like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had the same thing. Profile picture came up yeah. yesterday. I knew this little voice. And I thought, oh, cool. Thank you, Jesus, because I was. Why am I yes. here? No one oh, exactly. And then dragging a massive suitcases to the cafe, just going, all right, let's see who else rocks up now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and so. <laughs> Michelle and Leah, which are twin sisters. Yeah, yes. Um, oh, goodness, yes. <laughs> so, um, so, so Michelle and, and Leah, so I think there were, ended up being about four or five of us at the airport that the day that we arrived and um, taking the van um, to the – because we were staying at the cottages um, on the Crom ground. Right. So there were some staying up at the castle, some staying in, in the cottages. And, oh, my goodness, I, I'm never going to regret my choice to stay at the cottages because <laughs> – when we arrived, we discovered that our cottage had been overtaken by these two beautiful balls of energy <laughs> called Michelle and Leah, um, because they'd stayed there. They'd stayed there overnight before the rest of us arrived, um, and so we got to our cottage thinking, "Oh yeah, here we go. This is our cottage." And it's like, "Ta-da! Hello!" We're like, "Oh, hello! <laughs> Who are you?" <laughs> Just yeah. And so Michelle and Leah, as the they gave us the biggest, warmest welcome, showed us around the cottage, showed us where everything was, and then they're like, all right, we're going up to the castle now. Bye. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that – I think we're <laughs> – that, that first introduction, <laughs> with, with you, Kez, and then, as I said, just the warmth and energy that came from, from Leah and Michelle at the cottage, like, really just set the tone of what we were in for for that retreat. And yeah. I said, yeah, it was really – couldn't have had the, the better welcome to to this retreat. I said for, for day one being around that sort of energy and that sort of enthusiasm, I thought, yep, this is what I'm here for and I'm 100% all in on this. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be a part of this. Yeah. yeah. So. It was um, what it, <laughs> it was just wonderful. It really was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a great introduction to the writing and author world, Amanda. Yes. Oh goodness, I I I still thank I'm grateful every day that I landed in probably the the best group of authors and and so that I, I probably could have yes. um, 
because uh, you know there's a lot thrown around about you know finding your tribe and finding the people that you just click with and yes I said every single yes. author that was there at the I have never I, I haven't found any any group similar to that it was just from from yeah. day dot we were just it was a bunch of friends hanging out in a castle together and that was probably the best way to describe it is we all just clicked immediately yes. and even once we once we returned back to Australia you know sometimes you think you meet people while you're away and, and it's great but you sort of lose contact and, and separate yes which, you know it's, it's quite a common thing that has That's, not been the case yeah. at all like I, I probably talk to, to the ladies from Crom oh goodness if not every day then at least every two days um, there's always someone from from that oh. trip messaging checking in or you know commenting on posts and, and yes. just supporting each other and I think that was probably the the greatest thing that I took is just that support that that the women that we all have for each other, and you know we're each other's yeah. biggest cheerleaders um, in in every sense yes. of the word. And so that's I don't, I I have I sort of never experienced anything like it um, yeah. at all. It's still, I said the magic of Chrome is definitely definitely something tangible, something <laughs> real. So <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. And I, and imagine that since we've all Amanda, come back, we're, there's sorry. Since we've all come back, Amanda, we're all published authors. Yeah, you go, authors, Kes. Right? Yeah, yeah, we're all published authors, aren't we? Oh, absolutely. Since we've come yes. back from. Yep. yep all of us are published with MMH, um, which was the other. Yes. Well, Karen McDermott was running the retreat, so yes. uh, we all went with yes. MMH. None of us came back not writing. Mm. Um, and yep. we were, the, the grounds of Crom were just inspiring, weren't they? Oh, absolutely. Yep. As I went, we're building a new house at the moment. I've already got, I think, a dozen canvases planned. Just one wall is just going to be all these canvases of the the Irish countryside <laughs> and the castle. And <laughs> oh, how lovely! Yeah, Tony, uh, uh, Amanda, when you're um, in the process of writing a book um, that is your own book, and then you've been oh. offered this collaborative opportunity to be part of an anthology. What's your advice for aspiring um, authors to be? Should they take the step and and be part of a collaboration such as an anthology like The Colours of Me? Yeah, um, one of my one of the the um, quotes or, or inspirational words that that I, I refer yes. back to often and actually led me to going to Crom in the first place was uh, when Richard Branson says, "If someone gives you an opportunity, say yes and learn how to do it later." Um, and that's Correct. certainly <laughs> that's absolutely been been my mindset um, for certainly the past couple of years, and it was the same when Crom ran up because, as I said, I wasn't a published author when this opportunity came up, but I put my yeah. name down because I thought I'm going to say yes to this opportunity because it's an opportunity that I know mm. I need, um, and I figured it out on the way, and obviously the growth that I've had yes. from that um, is incredible. Um, so if, if anyone's ever sort of offered the opportunity, uh, particularly to work with, um, if you're in, in, in the industry and, you know, wanting to learn more, say yes. Mm. I said, you know, always just yeah. say yes and learn how to do it later. You know, it's, um, it's something that I said, like, this was also, I said, my first sort of collaborative effort, um, with other authors and yes, just being amongst the like-minded people and people who are in an industry that you want to be in absorb everything you can take on everything I said yes. you'll be you know I said we, we spoke briefly about the editing process and yes editing is is hard there's going to be um feedback that's given 
Um, yeah. It's about just learning yeah. that, you know, every every bit of feedback is an opportunity for growth. Um, and so... Definitely. I said, yeah. So for an author looking to collaborate with someone, I really think it's... it's there is sort of nothing nothing to lose, everything to gain um, from doing that. It's yeah. no matter no matter yeah. what sort of happens with it, you have the opportunity to learn and to grow. And um, I said, just build your build your authorship. Um, yes. Because another thing yeah. about being an author mm-hmm. is no matter what, yes, I, you need to write. And so I said, I I, yes. I started out with fantasy fiction. I never imagined I'd be a short story writer, or certainly not a romance writer, and yet. I did it. Um, again, I said yeah. yes to an opportunity yes. and, and that's now another genre that I can say I feel comfortable writing in, I want to write in. Um, writing an inspirational short story, as we spoke before, I didn't mm. think my story was important or that it mm. would fit in that book. Um, but I said yes and along the way I've realised, you know what, my story is important and I am yeah. going to share it. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, so it's, it's, yeah, I said any, any opportunity you have is just say yes. I said sometimes it will work out. Sometimes you don't. Any anything that doesn't work out is a lesson. Anything that does is you know it's it's all an opportunity to grow. Um, mm. I said yeah, but by by mm. saying yes, that's the first step. Everything that comes after that is as it is. You know, yeah. it will be what it will mm. be. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. Fantastic. Totally agree. Saying yes, yeah, got to say yes to everything. Yes. Well, not everything. Yes. But yeah. not, not everything. But <laughs> within boundaries. I mean, <laughs> we'll need to have that edited. <laughs> Don't say yeah. everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it, it's definitely in. Like, I, I'm a big one on intuition and gut feeling, and so that yeah. you know that something is where you're meant to be or what you're meant to be doing. Go with it, acid, because it's yes. You can, you know, trusting in yourself and trusting in in the process is probably. The biggest thing that you're going to do and, it, and like i said you don't have to say yes to everything if it feels like it's not for you say no and walk away because that's yeah you know that's yeah. for somebody else <laughs> yeah and how closely did you work with the uh, the two authors that you that compiled the blog did you work closely with them Amanda? <laughs> oh um hmm. <laughs> 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 no i think i i i had an absolute <laughs> ball working with with Michelle and Kez as I said like working with two authors who not only as it like a completely professional capacity and and they were very uh, wonderful in the way they handled everything as well but being able to have the added bonus I suppose of of them being my friends um made the whole process just so Mm. seamless and relaxing and I said I I knew that you know if I had any questions or any sort of not sure about this that I could just flick them a message and, and they'd get back to me straight away and with encouragement and support. And, yeah, no, it was absolutely adored the entire process. I adored the two ladies um, full stop. But, yeah, being able to, <laughs> I suppose, <laughs> work with them in, in, a, in a professional capacity as well instead of just the, the wonderful social chit-chat that we enjoy. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. No, I said it, it was sort of being able to, you know, put on our professional hats for a moment and go, all right, we love each other as people. Now let's let's get this happening. Um, and what can we do to make this book uh, the best that it can be? So mm, that was definitely yeah, a, an important yeah, part yeah. of the process. Yeah. Have you I had mean, any uh, sort of um? Have you had any sort of launch over there yet for the book? I haven't. I said my post at the moment is is everywhere. <laughs> so as soon as yep. I I get my copies, I I am planning on doing something um here probably with a few 
few friends and things getting together. We're, as I said, lucky enough here that I can have a social gathering of some sort. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, so I will be will be um, certainly doing something um, with some friends of mine here. I know I know that there's quite a few people already I've spoken to who want a copy. Um, so I said absolutely. Great. Amanda, I'm a little curious in looking at the two to the numbers of bodies of work that you've got. So you've got the anthology and you've got um, uh, the uh, fiction um, book. Mm. Is there anything... So the Bards of Birch Tree Hill and now the sequel, is there anything that you'd change or are you completely happy? I'm asking as a, a, a from an author's point of view because, like, even mm. with my own book, you've got to let it go at some point. And I know that there's probably parts of that that could have been a bit better, but you can't just keep editing and changing and editing and changing. Yes. So is there anything yep. that you, you would, would change? Um, I suppose with the, with the first one, as it being stuck in that mindset of I had edited and rehashed yes. that story as a, so that's why I'd sort of gotten halfway through it and, and come to a standstill because I was so, Yes. Focused on uh, my perfectionism came to a head there. <laughs> yes. And I kept just, yes. I'd, I'd write another chapter and then go back to the start and edit that. And then I'd write another chapter and go back to the start and, re and I, so the first half of that book had been ironed within an inch of its life um, before I'd even finished it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yes. So. Um, yeah. So for me, sort of putting all that in and then obviously it got sent to the editor who, Changed quite a bit of that yes, first did it again. <laughs> we went over <laughs> I'm just like, oh, so I spent 18 months just perfecting, or in my mind, this first chapter, only to be told we need to scrap like half of it. <laughs> so that was the moment. I'm like, ah, oh, okay. Um, so, I suppose, so while I suppose I, I wouldn't change the story so much I certainly have changed yes. my process um and so writing ah. the second book um so yeah. writing the second book I I do split into so the first book is written in um the point of view of the the main protagonist of Neela yes the second yes. book we actually yes. split into multiple point of view um so every chapter Ooh. we dive into a, a different different character in there so it was sort of a, a very different Ooh. beast in the first place um, yeah. but I, I sort of let go of that need to have it perfect the first time through. Um, yeah. And that, that was as a, so my, my writing, my writing process changed and in, in that it sort of changed, I suppose, the story that I yeah. just yeah. went with the flow a lot more. I didn't try and sort of control the story so much. Um, so yeah, uh -huh. so the second book is certainly an evolution from the first one. Um, mm. in that there. So, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm still quite happy with the story of the first one, but I, I really have changed probably my, even my style as a writer and my writing process. Mm. Um, because, yeah, because I, I just, I spent so much time perfecting <laughs> the first chapter. I know. <laughs> and so. I know. And, and yeah, and so I really sort of, I suppose, relaxed my storytelling a bit and put, you know, a first draft is exactly that. It finally made sense what people are telling me. Yes. The first draft is always terrible. Yes. Like, oh, no, my first draft is going to be amazing. It's going to be perfect. <laughs> it's going to be perfect. Um, Says every first-time author exactly, ever. Exactly. 
It's like, no, my first draft is that's how it's nope, going to be perfect. Nothing wrong with it. Um, yeah, no. You give it to the editor and get it handed back and go, oh. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> Grab the tea and biscuits. Oh. We're in for a ride. <laughs> so. Yeah, it does happen. Yeah. It does. So, yeah, yeah. so I am. Um, Absolutely. So now I, I, I think... absolutely had the yeah the mindset of nope the first draft let's just work <laughs> on paper hand it to the editor and go all right hit me tea and biscuits in hand I yes. know it's crap let's point out how we can improve it I'm ready to go yeah, yeah. and, so, and yeah, that's so part yeah. of what creates that's part of what creates an amazing fictional story isn't it is those reiterations and that combination and collaboration between the writer and the editor and you actually have to have a pretty close relationship with your editor because you're trusting your words and your thoughts and your vision for that story you're trusting them with that and so exactly. uh sometimes that that doesn't go smoothly for everyone yeah some I, I know some people that have been through multiple editors until they found the one that yes. worked best and most oh, collaboratively my hand up for that with one. them yeah mm. yeah because yeah. Yeah. No, editor I'm... they're invested in your story as well or they need to be invested yep. in the success of your story and and they should be on your side to bring out yes. your um writing skill and create something that's just amazing to read yeah. oh absolutely and that's i i feel very very lucky um i said with my editor having been friends prior to him uh, sort of becoming my editor um yes as we uh, said so we know each other and we like, I know he writes in a very similar style and actually works a lot with, with the style that I'm trying yes. to write, but he also knows me. And so he understands mm-hmm. my voice and sort of works to enhance yes. that, not not change yes. it. And, and having worked now as an editor myself is is knowing that we're not giving somebody else our voice as an editor. Mm-hmm. We're making their voice the best it can be. Um, be. And certainly as a yeah, absolutely. So, so the editor-author relationship, I think, is is something that probably underestimated sometimes, and particularly for new authors, you don't mm. sort of realise exactly yes. the impact that an editor can have on your work, <laughs> and and yeah. how important the editing process is. Yeah. Absolutely, you you must have an editor if you think that yes. you can write to any standard without editing and without an editor. Mm-hmm. You're misinformed, aren't you? Mm. Oh, absolutely, and and because when you write a book, like it, it really, every it's like you know, like a child, you can't have progress. You think this is perfection in all yes. its forms, and there's nothing <laughs> wrong with it. And that my, what are you talking about? My story is fantastic. So having that neutral party, that <laughs> editor who comes in takes the rose-coloured glasses off and goes, oh, actually, have you seen that this doesn't work with the rest of the story? And and be able to go, yeah. oh, no, actually, mm-hmm. sort of take take the emotional investment out of it and sort of look at it yes. logically a lot of times and sort of, yeah, take that. that Because we get so personally yeah. attached to our stories. Like, it, 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 it's a thing. Oh. I write it. You write from the heart. It is a piece of you, your soul that goes out into the world. So yes. we can't always see the flaws because we, we choose not to. We go, no, 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 mm-hmm. I'll... Maybe that's a bit wordy, but it fits with the rest of the story. It's fine. Yeah. But to have that person come in and, and <laughs> you know, gently but firmly say, look, this bit, it's lovely, but it interrupts the flow. 
of the story or, or to mm. put something out like that. It's it's absolutely so we need to chop it all out. Yeah, just like I said, and, and so we're going to delete chopping it all these out. Three paragraphs, just throw them away. Hit delete, and you gone. go. Oh, <laughs> oh <yeah."> no! Because <laughs> like, that was oh. a powerful bit of writing. Like, but <laughs> yeah, it is. I spent a whole it? it's like day a, it's... on that paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> Quoted by people for generations. <laughs> Those words will never be seen. <laughs> they were going to go on a mug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yep. It's actually it's it's a very learning experience, isn't it, Amanda? Yes. That, that absolutely. You yeah. learn to. Um, I'm not. I don't like using the word toughen up. You just learn a bit more to go a bit more gently on yourself and not expect yes. perfection because that's not yeah. the end game. Exactly. It really helps you to to understand the separation. So when you're writing, write with all your heart and soul. When you're editing, yes. you edit with your brain. You know, don't. It's, <laughs> it's yeah. So when you when you're in editing, you need to shut down that emotional attachment you have to your yes. words look at it as neutrally as you can and so it really sort of helps to establish that while we're in the writing process you have to write with heart and soul yes. like you have to put everything yes. that comes in your head definitely definitely um, but certainly when you come to like uh, i think there's uh, there's a, another quote that i love it's like write without fear edit without mercy and yep. it's certainly that's absolutely ah, what i've what i've learned yep. is so you know write without fear write down everything pour it out of you and and through the keyboard, through the pen, whatever you're writing with. But when it comes to mm. editing, you need to be harsh. You know, you, you know, you need to sort of mm. sit down and go, is this actually necessary? It, it means a lot to me, but Siri. is it necessary for the reader mm. um, exactly. to have that in there? Yeah. I yeah, I agree. So, Amanda, looking back on the experience of collaborating in, into a story, would you do it again or would you would you collaborate or would you co-author? Oh, I certainly certainly open to collaboration. I love I love working um, with a team. Like as I said, so writing my own books is, is fantastic. But being able to work with somebody else to to share in that moment mm. when when the book comes out and all the stories come together, there's there's nothing comparable to that either. Mm. Um, co-authoring mm. is certainly something I'd I'd be interested to to find out more about. Um, mm. It's certainly an experience that I'd like to um, look into and sort of having that that. I said that difference to collaboration, so it, it doesn't seem yes. like there'd be much difference between collaboration with co-author, but co-author mm. almost has a deeper level of responsibility, I certainly suppose. does. Um, yeah. So mm. collaboration, you know, there's a responsibility to do a good story, but you sort of, you know, you're handing it over to, mm. to yourself and, and Michelle Kez when we did that. Yes. You know, at the end of the day, you guys were, were in control of, of, of that book. Um, so being in the co-author mm. position is certainly something that I'd, well, I'd, like I said, I'm going. I'd say yes to if the opportunity arose. <laughs> yeah, and mm. and yeah, just sort of take that that next level of ownership over a collaborative um, anthology as such as that would be would be a, definitely a worthwhile experience. Mm. I think mm. as a, just another opportunity to grow. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the way the world's going now, everyone's everyone is doing. They've seen how popular that it can mm. be. I mean, especially yes. in Perth, there was, I think there was four or five of my writing friends all put something in. But um, when they talked, when we, we got into a group and we talked about co-author and apart mm. from, from myself, 
who understood what co-author was about, they went very quiet because they said, but mm. this is even more of a responsibility. Mm. Yes. Because yeah. with a collaboration, it was, well, you've got the story, you've got your 350 or whatever it was, yep. words or 3,000 words, um, and we, they just carried on. And Michelle and I did the rest, and yes. we got an editor, yes. professional editor, but we did the rest for mm. you. But when yes. it came to being a co-author, they shut down. And they said, yep. this is a big responsibility because it meant that they had to um take care of their own work yeah oh exactly yes. and, and i mean being being an author of, of a standard like, of my own series i'm responsible for what goes out but you know there's, there's that degree there but being a co-author particularly on an anthology you're responsible for your work you're responsible for the words of everybody who has trusted you That's with right. their words yeah. yes. um so yeah so it's it's not just you writing and and putting it in like, as, yeah. as a collaborator just you know I trusted you and Michelle with my words, with my story. And so having that sense of responsibility would be, I said, challenging, but so rewarding at the same time, I imagine. Mm. When, I, yeah. when I approached these ladies about co-authoring, it was like three three ladies all write on the same subject and we all merged the story. That's what I was mm -hmm. looking for. But to, to actually watch them become quite stilted, you know, because they're, mm. they're not, they're not, they're not authors of big. They like they write novelettes and they write for magazines, and it was watching the. This is even more serious, than, and because you know once you become an author, you get uh, introduced to so many different ways of putting your book out there, like uh, radio Tony. Yes. You, can, you can put it out that way. You can put it out through any radio. Um, you can advertise. There's, there's so many ways of getting yourself seen out there, uh, and you're asked to present your work in so many different ways. But you know, uh, most mm -hmm. of it's quite lighthearted until until you meet some really serious writers, and then mm. you think, oh, this yeah. is this is yeah. a bit hard. Yeah, this is a little bit hard for me. <laughs> but it's not. And as you said, say yes to everything. I've been asked mm. to co-author a book, and it was like, my first question was, oh, and the next question was, what's it about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I I just wanted to hit uh, mm. hear your ideas on on the two different concepts. Yeah. Yep. Um, Amanda, I um I know that you're really passionate about um self care and self love because mm. that's part of the journey that you've been on and I absolutely agree with you. If you can't look after yourself first and care for yourself first, you, mm. you, you there's a consequence for that. How do you encourage women to practice self love, Amanda? Um, I suppose what I've learned over the time is actually just honouring that every feeling is valid. Um, and yes. so to be, we have that expectation, I suppose, um, to feel like we always have our, our, our life together, that we always, uh, that we're on top of things. And, you know, particularly as like a working mother, I, I feel that pressure of, you know, if I go down the street with my kids, I have to look like my life is under control. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, yes. um, As we all do. Yes. you know, we had that, that pep talk with the kids in the car. So, all right, kids, when we go into the shop, there is no this, no that, no that. We are going to look normal. We are going to behave. <laughs> you know, <and laughs> my, my kids and I, we actually refer to it. We're going to put on our people suits now. We can't let our weirdness show. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like we are normal people. All right, team, let's go. And so, <laughs> Um, <laughs> so to, 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 
to have that that expectation sometimes feel like we do have to mask what's actually happening. And I know I'm 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 chronic yes. for it. I do it so often. That, um, and particularly yeah. like in in the work that I do, like working with with children in the library, um, mm. I have to give my best of myself to those kids every day. They deserve the best that I have to offer them. Um, and so being yes. out, like n- knowing yes. that I need to, you know, I might be having. A difficult week. I might be having a tough week. I do struggle a lot with anxiety and and some other mental health yeah. problems. So, if I'm having yes. a rough time, I know that for those, that time when I'm with with those those kids, that I need to be the very best that I can give them. Mm-hmm. And I do. Yeah. Like you know that they they get the best of me regardless of what is happening. But afterwards, when I'm back home, I know that I need to process what so I put that off for the three hours that I'm at school, and I need to honor. What yes. I've been hiding, I need to actually give yourself, accept, you know, exactly. And so, yep. being able to, to put on that front is is important. Um, but also acknowledging mm. that once that's done, take the time to process. Don't just keep shoving it down because when you keep shoving it down, and this is, as I said, my own yeah. personal experience with it, yep. it comes out when you least expect it. Like Back I might up. be grumpy <laughs> with my own children. I might, you know, just yep. suddenly flip out and and burst into tears at tea time and I wonder yes. what on earth happened? Where has this come from? And I realised yeah. it's because I was squashing everything down. It's like a volcano. The more you push it yeah. down, the pressure builds, it will explode. So mm. taking that time to actually go, no, I know that I'm having a tough time and it's perfectly okay to want yes. to shut down for a bit, um, to take that yes. time and, and said, find that support if, if you can to just lock yourself away for an hour, two hours, however long you need and just honour yourself and your feelings yeah. and go, you know, I am feeling sad today and I'm allowed mm. to be yeah. sad. Allow yourself to feel sad um, because, yeah. you know, and, and I said like working working with children is, it, it's taught me so much as well because if they're sad, yes. they cry. You know, they don't care who's looking. Yes. If they're sad, they cry. Yes. And, you know, if, yes. It's, yes. if they're angry, they yell and they get it out and, then they can they can yeah. just bounce back and they're resilient we don't. and and, and mm-hmm. we don't because we go no I I can't cry I can't I can't let this out I yeah. need to, and we bottle it down and we bottle it yeah. down until it comes out one yeah. way or another um and so I said being being the adult yeah. sometimes there are times where we do have to hold it back as best we can <laughs> um but it's about going it's not yes. trying to <laughs> definitely it's not trying to remove it it's not trying to ignore it. It's putting a pause on it and going, no, later tonight yeah. I'm going to watch a sad movie and I'm going to cry. Or later cry. today, mm-hmm. exactly, that later today, like in a way, it's, and certainly I, I think for people who may feel like um, acknowledging their emotions means losing control, you know, schedule time in your diary, no. you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, all right, 5 p.m. tonight I'm going to go lock myself away, I'm going to put on something That's that it. I know makes me – and actually, you know, it's it, – there's only so much control you can you can have over over emotions and feelings and, and self care and I think in many ways that we try to to paint this picture of how together we are by not yes. showing any of those when emotions. When we don't have to. You don't yeah. have to. As in, mm. you know, being being together sometimes like I am I, I I'm a chronic crier. Like I <laughs> I, I cry yes. happy tears. I cry sad tears. I cry when I'm frustrated. Now that I know and I, that, <laughs> yes. And, and I, I, I explain to my my children like because they'll see me crying sometimes and be like, you know, mum, 
what's wrong? And I said, well, you know, sometimes when we have feelings, our body fills up so much with feelings that they have to leak out, you know. And so, so my mm-hmm. feelings mm-hmm. are full. And so they're leaking out my eyes. It might be happy feelings, it might be sad, but when my feelings get too much, they leak out of my eyes. Mm. And so <laughs> I figure if Amanda, that's what I'm teaching them. That, <laughs> that, you know, yeah. showing emotion isn't about, you know, being weak. It's actually that strength to go, I'm full now and I'm leaking out my emotions. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. that's, here they come. And then it's, it's just refreshing. Amanda, <laughs> we are completely out of time. Kez, thank you so much. Amanda, what a delightful conversation to have. Um, congratulations on the success of the book and inclusion in um, the Colours of Me, the anthology. Um, guys, we will be back next week with another conversation with Kez. Um, thank you to my beautiful co-host, Kez Wickham St. George, and to Amanda Stewart. Stewart uh, <laughs> Stupid! <laughs> Don't forget to go out and buy the book, <laughs> The Bards of Birch Tree Hill. <laughs> and that, my wonderful listeners, is your lot for this week, and we'll be back next week. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Kez. Bye for now. Bye-bye.